Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It's easy to lose sleep when you're worried about your health insurance plan. But when you have a family counting on you to take care of them, having the right coverage is more important than ever. That's why Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is here to help. With low to no cost plans for you and your family. So you never go it alone. That's our Anthem. Click to learn more. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post show for September 29th, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday nights, wherever you may be. (laughs) 
and Thomas Franco with a double banger. $100 Super Chats. Jason says, get those likes up and let's try to get to 150,000 subscribers. Let's make this podcast the biggest pod in wrestling. I don't know if we'll get there, Jason, but I love the energy, man. I know we're the number one live stream every night. I'll hang my hat on that one. And Thomas Franco, hey, JD, I'm with Jason. Let's get this podcast to 150,000 subscribers. You deserve it. Another round of applause. I love it. I absolutely love it. Got the best fans in the entire IWC, man. You guys are fucking awesome. Thank you guys for being here on your Friday night. Says Bacardi is be uh, is meowing in the background. I know SmackDown sucked. SmackDown was terrible. That wasn't really terrible. It wasn't terrible. No, no, you're a fan of LA Knight, right? I know you like LA Knight. You told me before. I know LA Knight's great. Let me get to work, please. SmackDown. I thought it was a decent show, man. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't great by any means. Uh, you know, I felt like it was a Red Skies worthy show for sure. You know, the thing with SmackDown is, you know, compared to Raw, Raw's at three hours. I feel like Raw is putting on better television. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way, man. Monday Night Raw is not great by any means. But Monday Night Raw is putting on, to me, better television than SmackDown. SmackDown's like the, the simplistic version of what pro wrestling should be. It's like uh, wrestling for dummies, 101. WWE for dummies, one-on-one. Everything is simplified. Nothing really is overly exciting. It, it, it just exists. It just exists. Cena and the bloodline. He needs a partner. AJ Styles is in the hospital. LA Knight comes out to save the day and is John Cena's knight in shining armor. Great. Great. A half-witted idiot could follow this storyline. Came off great. L.A. Knight got a major pop and a big reaction, and off we go to Fastlane. Very simple. I don't know what you guys want me to embellish there. Don't know what you really want me to go into and deep dive and be analytical about, man. I mean, it's just very simple, simple stuff. Then you got the Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar thing. I thought that was a very good television match. I mean, I could do without two fucking commercial breaks in the match. This is why I said this is a WrestleMania match waiting to happen because of the caliber of talent that these guys are. And they put on a great television match, even with the distraction of the two commercial breaks. But the thing is, you see it from a mile away that Santos Escobar is eventually going to become frustrated with Rey Mysterio, and end up turning on Rey and the LWO and become a big heel. This is where Dragon Lee comes into play. Dragon Lee is now going to be a part of the entire LWO storyline. Dragon Lee was a big part of tonight's show. Dragon Lee, if you don't know who Dragon Lee is, he's from NXT. They're fast-tracking him to the main roster. It's exactly what I got out of tonight's show 
already having Austin Theory pick a fight with him. And then he wanted to jump the barricade when the new Hurt Business attacked Legato Del Fantasma. So that's where they're going with that. Oh, my goodness, man. You guys are fucking... It's going to be one of them nights, man. It's going to be one of those nights, man. Wallach Wall with a $100 super check. God bless all of you. JD is the best. In the IWC, we all know that Vince should have retired before the PG era when Triple H started to take more of a creative role backstage. I personally think Vince ruined Cody's road to WrestleMania by handing him the main event. Very sound logic there, Wallach Wall. Very good statement. Thank you so very much, brother. God bless you and your family as well. And thank you for the kind words. Vince McMahon should have retired uh, 20 years ago. Never mind. Never mind when Triple H started to take more of a creative role backstage. Thank you guys very much for all the uh, love and support already tonight. I love the energy. But like I was saying, Dragon Lee, man, Dragon Lee tried to jump the barricade when the Hurt Business attacked LWL and Legato Del Fantasma. So you see where they are going with that. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the show later on. And Bobby Lashley basically turning the Street Profits. They finally turned the Street Profits heel. I thought that was nicely done there. And all of it is very simple. You don't really need to do too much. What they did was very effective. And I thought what they needed to get across with the storylines that are playing out on SmackDown tonight, they were very effective in doing just that. So all in all, it wasn't a bad SmackDown. It just, it just doesn't really resonate with me as overly exciting stuff. On a Friday night. Monday Night Raw to me is producing better television. The in-ring aspect on Monday Night Raw is a little bit better as well. But SmackDown tonight, another serviceable show. Nothing overly exciting as we are now one week away from WWE Fastlane. This weekend's going to be a big one, guys. This weekend is going to be a very big one in the community. And... I'll be covering most of the shows this weekend. I don't know what I'm covering tomorrow night. I don't know what I'm covering tomorrow night. I'm going to put a poll up on social media tomorrow. Do I cover Collision? The go-home show before Wrestle Dream, Or do I cover NXT No Mercy? I think I know what the answer is. So uh, I'm going to put it up anyway. Just to uh, get some shits and giggles out of me. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit that thumbs up like Jason and Thomas Franco said. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button, man. Let's try to get to 1,000 likes. On tonight's SmackDown post show right here on OTS. Go check out all the videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. Plenty of it to catch up on. I uploaded an extra today. Is Edge going to make his AEW debut on Sunday night? I don't know. By the looks of it, all signs are pointing to Adam Copeland. In AEW. You know how many geeks I had coming out 
of their caves this week. Oh, Edge is not going to AEW, man. What if he does? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna fight him over it? It's already starting. They're already calling Adam Copeland a seller. Oh, Adam Copeland is a seller. Sure thing, man. Well, he's making bank by TK and his new contract, right? He don't give a fuck what you say. Ridiculous. Anyway, it's going to be a big weekend. Stick it with the podcast this weekend, man. Your number one shop for all pro wrestling in the IWC. Tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys get your free sample. All because the weather's getting colder, man, doesn't mean it's got to be cold in the bedroom. I can't help you, man, but Blue Chew can. Don't play the podcast in bed, man. It's not attractive, okay? I know I'm a handsome-looking guy, but your girlfriend or your wife don't want to hear me yelling about fucking uh, John Cena, okay? She doesn't care. She doesn't want to hear me talking about wrist locks. And headlocks and head scissors. You should be doing that to your fucking wife or your girlfriend, man. Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Go get your free sample. Always love Blue Chew sponsoring the show. And the music tonight brought to you by the absolutely, absolutely, absolutely mega talented and unbelievable Andy James, man. Love it. Let's get into the SmackDown coverage tonight. We don't really have a lot to talk about, but we'll see what we can do here tonight, man. SmackDown started off with Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso and the Bloodline. So, apparently, John Cena was supposed to be there. They uh, they hyped it up as, has, uh, as John Cena was having travel issues. He had travel issues. Getting to Sacramento. Jimmy, Solo, Paul Heyman made their way to the ring. Heyman introduced himself and expressed frustration with all the boos. Don't boo me. My name is not boo, says Paul Heyman. He said it's a rare opportunity tonight for him to acknowledge their tribal chief from mid-ring. And so do each and every one of you, he says. Fans booed. You know, I wonder what Roman Reigns is doing right now, man. Are they going to... This is what my mind thinks about, man. When when Roman Reigns gets back to television, are they going to announce why or explain why he's been out since SummerSlam? Are they going to explain his absence in a fruitful, logical, common sense way on Friday night? I don't know, man. This is WWE. You can't really give them the benefit of the doubt, man. I doubt they even acknowledge 
Roman Reigns. They want us to acknowledge Roman Reigns as the tribal chief, but they don't want to acknowledge logic. We'll see what happens, man. We'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. I doubt it, though. So, fans booed. Heyman said it is in his name that the second greatest of all time, John Cena, took a beating at the hands of the bloodline that Cena hasn't taken in almost a decade. So we got a video package. We've seen it on the big screen again. The video recapped Heyman holding a folder with a contract that I'd seen his name on it without a tag team partner to face the bloodline at Fastlane. And we saw a clip of Solo and Jimmy attacking AJ Styles backstage. The background was set for what was going to happen tonight. Heyman said it's not that he wants to get involved in Cena's business, but a little birdie backstage said he's having some transportation issues this evening. Says he's fully expected to make it to the arena, but as of this moment, he's not at SmackDown yet. You can't see John Cena. He said Styles is also not at SmackDown because he's lying in a hospital bed watching them on TV. Jimmy held out his hand. This is what really got me to kind of roll my eyes. Jimmy held out his hand like Roman Reigns usually does when he asks for the microphone from Paul Heyman. So Jimmy wanting to be the tribal chief in the absence of the real tribal chief. I'm sure this will be addressed when Roman Reigns gets back to television. So he backed away. He said he was only joking. He was only joking. And then he snatched the microphone out of Paul Heyman's hand. An irritated Paul Heyman at this point said, that's twice. You heard him mouth it to Jimmy Uso. Jimmy said, Sacramento, the bloodline is now in your city. Great. Jimmy said, Paul Heyman is too kind. He said, the real reason Cena isn't there yet It's because he's scared of Jim Uso. He told Cena to stay far, far away from the bloodline. Carl Anderson charged to the ring. Who? You know, Carl Anderson from the OC, right? Yeah. Yeah, that Carl Anderson. Charged to the ring, knocked Solo out of the ring. He then turned to Jimmy and beat him up before throwing him out of the ring. Heyman bailed immediately. Anderson yelled as he peered over the top rope. That Styles is in the hospital because they got involved in OC business. Heyman held back Solo. He wanted to charge to the ring. Heyman said no. Solo then turned to Jimmy and said, you better handle this or I am going to handle it for you. It's great. So the one takeaway from this entire segment is how it's, really comes off how Jimmy Uso is acting in Roman Reigns' absence. It's very interesting how Jimmy Uso is acting without the tribal chief on television. He's acting like the boss. He's acting like the main man. He's acting like this is his bloodline. He's acting as if Roman doesn't exist. He's got Roman mannerisms. He's doing the same thing Roman Reigns does. It's interesting. You know, and then the other thing, the other thing that I really picked up on, you don't really see, you you saw some of it early on with Paul Heyman, you know, where he went into detail, you you know, we got to get this shit approved. You can't go out there and make decisions without the approval of the tribal chief. It it seemingly looks like Paul Heyman has kind of given up because the inmates are running the asylum. 
So Jimmy Uso is acting like Roman Reigns. He's acting like the tribal chief. He's acting like this is his bloodline. You see no concern today on Paul Heyman's face. No concern on Solo Sokoa's face. It's almost as if Roman Reigns doesn't exist. Tonight, Paul Heyman said acknowledge a tribal chief, but their actions speak louder than their words. It's almost as if they don't really acknowledge that the tribal chief is even there. I don't know. I wonder how this is going to play out when Roman Reigns eventually comes back to television. They're beating up John Cena. They're beating up the locker room. The bloodline is still dominant on SmackDown. But how is Roman Reigns going to react to all of this happening in his absence? I don't know. We will see what happens. We will see what happens. Jimmy Uso, though. He takes out Carl Anderson very quickly. Basically, a squash match to open SmackDown. Jimmy wins in four minutes. It was solid. It was solid. It proved the point. And that's what they were going for here. So, Anderson, he was beating up Jimmy Uso for a couple of minutes. Jimmy took control. And there was a brief distraction there where he did take control because of Solo Sokoa. This led to an eye rake by Jim Uso. Jimmy landed a super kick and then a top rope frog splash. And that was basically it, man. Like I said, less than five minutes, roughly about four minutes. And Jimmy Uso wins over Carl Anderson. Now, Michael Cole said that Jimmy is more diabolical than he's seen in recent memory. I I, I wouldn't say that. I think Jimmy Uso is absolutely fucking losing his marbles. He's losing his mind. But again, how is Roman Reigns going to react to this new Jimmy Uso? Is he going to welcome Jimmy Uso back into the bloodline? Is he going to be offended that Jimmy Uso thinks that this is his bloodline? I don't know. I don't know. But it's nice to see also on the flip side, Carl Anderson, you know, Carl Anderson seeing AJ Styles get beat up and him and Luke Gallows were very much against AJ Styles getting in bloodline business, you know, we shouldn't really be bothering with those guys. They are none of our business. What they do is none of our concern. AJ stood up for me Yim. That's why he got involved. And he wanted to really do good by the rest of his group. So he went to go handle business because he respects his friends. He got beat up for it. He thought he found solace in John Cena. John Cena was left without a tag team partner. They took AJ Styles out. Now the bloodline took AJ Styles out. Now they're focusing on John Cena, but now LA Knight, which we'll talk about later, LA Knight is now teaming with John Cena at Fastlane against Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. Roman Reigns is going to be back on October 13th. He's going to be back on that SmackDown on October 13th, I believe is the date. We're going to go to Saudi Arabia on November 4th. He will be defending the Universal Heavyweight Championship in Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. Against who? I don't know. I don't know. He's got three opponents lined up for him. Who is he going to take his anger out on? Is it going to be John Cena? Is it going to be AJ Styles? Or is it going to be LA Knight? I'll tell you who I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be LA Knight because that is absolutely nonsensical. LA Knight is riding a hot streak of momentum. You put him in the ring with Roman Reigns, that will be deflated. One, two, three. What happens after he loses to Roman Reigns? Right back to square one. Why would you want to take someone who is absolutely molten, volcanic hot right now, put him in a match that he's not going to win, only to derail him? 
doesn't make any sense. AJ Styles, he's like Teflon. He could use a big win himself, but AJ Styles has all the reason to want to get at the bloodline. Roman. AJ versus Roman, I'll take it. It's a nothing match. AJ's not going to win the title. AJ could lay down for Roman. Or we get John Cena, which I don't really want to see again. We've seen it, and I don't want to see John Cena get thrusted into a championship match without it being a huge story around going for number 17. So at the end of the day, if I had a pick of any one of those guys, I'm going with AJ Styles. AJ Styles was Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel November 4th. It's the safest option possible. That's what I would do. After the match, Solo Sokoa gave Carl Anderson, Anderson a Samoan spike. And Heyman looked back at the ring, smiled. Meechin walked out. Jimmy got in her face. She slapped the shit out of Jimmy Uso. Camera stayed on Solo looking at Jimmy. He was disgusted. Jimmy couldn't believe what she did. This set off a string of dynamite. But Jimmy and Solo Sokoa destroying everybody in the locker room because they didn't want anybody to team with John Cena later on in the night and going into Fastlane. Kathy Kelly. She interviewed Santos Escobar. He was backstage. He spoke respectfully about facing Rey Mysterio. Booyaka, booyaka. He said he focused. He, he is focused, but he has butterflies. He said it's been his dream to face Rey Mysterio with a title on the line. He says he's been working his entire life for this to happen. He said he'll never give up on his dreams and stop fighting for his dreams. So Rey is in for the fight of his life. Made the best man win. So we're getting a match. It's going to be great. I knew it was going to be great. United States Championship on the line. Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar. Tonight on Friday Night SmackDown. Jimmy Uso was shown walking backstage. He yelled at a couple of geeks backstage. Some production crew backstage. And he shoved one of them down. Who was cowering in the corner. Please don't touch me. Solo Sokoa goes over to him. He looks at him. He walks off. Heyman, he looks at uh, the poor soul, scared for his life. Calm down, calm down, calm down. He picks up his phone. Call Roman Reigns. So obviously, Paul Heyman is filling everything in to Roman Reigns. Everything that Jimmy uh, Jimmy and Solo do. Not Jimmy and Jay. Jimmy and Solo. Everything that they do on SmackDown. Call Roman Reigns. Roman knows everything. Don't you worry. Oh, my God. Angel Alaga. With a $125 super chat. I figured, let me join the bomb party. Agreed, JD. Raw, surprisingly, has been better than SmackDown lately. I see more Triple H than Vince on those shows. Another round of applause for my guy, Angel Alaga. 
Angel, good to see you in the venue as always, my friend. Thank you so very much, man. Enjoy yourself. Hopefully all is well with you this evening. Grayson Waller. We had a Grayson Waller effect. His guest, none other than Bobby Lashley. Waller said his guest has done it all in the WWE as a performer. But as a talent scout, he's struggling. He said tonight, he'll get the Grayson Waller rub next. He introduced Bobby Lashley. Lashley walked out and played to the crowd. Waller did push-ups in the ring. Don't know why. I guess he wanted to show Bobby Lashley he is good enough to do push-ups. We needed to get ready for the interview. I don't know, one way or another. Maybe he wanted to work off those nerves sitting next to Bobby Lashley. Waller said it's great having him on the Grayson Waller effect this week after the devastating loss by the Prophets last week. He says he thought they had enough pride to do whatever it took to succeed, but I was wrong, says Bobby Lashley. Now it's back to the drawing board. Waller suggested to recruit a tag team that's undefeated like Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. Lashley says, I know all about Theory. I'll pass. The Prophets then came out and they made their entrance wearing white suit jackets. They were dressed very sharp, coming out there to confront Bobby Lashley. They weren't really uh, overexcited like they usually are. No red solo cups tonight. They're not partying. It's all business for the Prophets. Angelo Dawkins began talking. Lashley says he doesn't want to hear any excuses or reasons. He said if they want to impress him, prove it. Otherwise, I'm done. You heard me. I'm not mentioning it again. Lashley left the ring. Montez and Dawkins rushed up the aisle to Bobby Lashley, who was walking away, and wondered what he meant. Lashley said, prove it. Prove to me you want it. Bobby Lashley walked away. Grayson Wallace said, well, this is awkward. He then introduced Austin Theory, who walked out to the stage and walked right by Bobby Lashley, who eyed... Austin Theory. And apparently we were going to get Austin Theory versus Cameron Grimes tonight on SmackDown. Good to see Cameron Grimes back on SmackDown. The match did not go long at all. You would think with the caliber of wrestling in this match that these guys would be able to put on a banger. Can't really get anything done in two minutes. It's exactly what happened there. Two minutes. I'm going to be brutally honest with you, man. I liked the Grayson Waller segment. I thought it really detailed exactly how Bobby Lashley's feeling. He wants the profits to show him. You didn't do what I asked you to do last week. Dawkins last week looked at Lashley attacking Ray behind the referee's back. And there was the look on Angelo Dawkins as if, should I go and do this? I know it's wrong. I respect Ray Mysterio. Should I really be winning like this when I didn't have to resort to such tactics early on? He didn't have to do that before. But Bobby Lashley wants him to own it, take it, and prove it. I don't know. So I thought the segment was effective. I thought the segment was very good in nailing down that the Prophets need to man up and show Bobby Lashley what they're made of. Bobby Lashley doesn't want pussies. Bobby Lashley wants savages, people that are going to take no prisoners, that are going to win championships by any means necessary. He stated what their mission statement was without a name. We still don't have a name for this group. 
but he basically laid out what he wants the men he associates with to do. It's very cut and dry. No surprises here. I'm going to be honest with you about Cameron Grimes, man. I am surprised that Cameron Grimes did not get cut. Now, that's not saying I, I, I wanted him to get cut. I'm not saying that I wished he got cut. I'm just genuinely surprised that Cameron Grimes still has a job. I think Cameron Grimes is great. I don't know how you look at Cameron Grimes and don't really see someone that could break out and do what you need him to do. He's got a great look. He's very good in the ring. And he's entertaining, if you let him be. He proved it already on NXT. He was one of the shining beacons of light on NXT. Until they fucking vinced him. I don't know what they're doing with Cameron Grimes, man, but hopefully he finds some way to stay afloat. Because you look at him and look at him not doing much of anything on Friday night, and you're going to wonder yourself why this man still has a job. Two minutes. What they did for two minutes, I don't know if you could do any better, man. It was quick. Two minutes. And Theory wins with a devastating eight-town down. Now, before the match, before the match, apparently, WWE highlighted Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee from NXT. After the match was over, Austin Theory went over to Dragon Lee, started pushing him around. There was a pull-apart brawl, or there should have been a pull-apart brawl, but the referees and people got involved. Austin Theory, who the fuck is Dragon Lee? Who's Dragon Lee? Dragon Lee. Why are we highlighting Dragon Lee on my time, he says. Okay. So Dragon Lee wrestled Dominic Mysterio on Monday Night Raw in a losing effort. Very good match. Probably Dominic's best match. Dragon Lee proved that he is good to go, ready to go on the main roster. Wasn't the best Dragon Lee match I've seen, but... I mean, the guy's going to be doing main roster work sooner rather than later, so why the fuck not? It's a very good match on Monday night. He lost clean. He's refereeing a match on Saturday night between Trick Williams and Dominic Mysterio. Maybe Dominic loses the title to Trick Williams. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Dominic, being that he's associated with the Judgment Day, who now can appear on any show they want because they're the tag team champions, Maybe they take the Dominic and Dragon Lee feud to the main roster without the North American title involved. And tonight, Austin Theory shoved Dragon Lee. It looks like we got something brewing there. Dragon Lee has been highlighted on the main roster all week. He got a video package tonight as well before they put the spotlight on him sitting in the crowd. Is he ready to go on the main roster? You could say maybe, maybe he needs a couple of more months of seasoning on NXT, but why not? You got a potential breakout star in Dragon Lee ready to go. You got someone who could realistically be the successor to Rey Mysterio ready to go. And someone you can plug right into storylines right away. He's feuding with Dominic. You could put him in the LWO and do the thing with the Prophets and Bobby Lashley. They would not have done what they did this week if Dragon Lee wasn't already being factored into main roster storylines with a main roster call-up happening. He will be on the main roster. After No Mercy Saturday night, he will be on the main roster. Get used to seeing Dragon Lee. Backstage. Caleb Braxton was with Rey Mysterio. Mysterio stated that he was LWO, and LWO was all about family. 
Mysterio stated that when he's in the ring, he expects the best out of his opponents and that he would give the fight of his life tonight to Santos Escobar. I don't know if it was the fight of Santos's life, but it was a damn good match. And I'm looking forward to more. We go backstage. Jimmy Uso is seen attacking Ashante the Adonis. B-Fab in the background screaming for Jimmy Uso to stop. Uso looked to be leaving the scene and Solo picked up Adonis and gave him a Uranage through the table. Do you want to know what they think of the rest of shit row? There you go. No top dollar to save them anymore. He's fired. Ashanta, Adonis, and B-Fab, they basically are useless to the main roster. So WWE used them here as bottom feeders for the bloodline. Rey Mysterio. He defends the WWE United States Championship against his stablemate, Santos Escobar. This was a very good match. Very good match. Did not like that there was two commercial breaks in this thing, but I'm glad that they gave these guys ample enough time. They gave them more than enough time to do what they needed to do. And it is not the last you will see of Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar in the ring together. It's going to happen again one way or another. I was looking forward to this, man. I predicted this match to be the match at WrestleMania. I think that's going to be a great deal. So, let's pick it up from the top, man. Santos, Rey Mysterio, they get their ring introductions. We got the big deal. United States title on the line. We have these guys kind of feeling each other out. They're slow playing it. We see a couple of abdominal stretches in the ring. Mysterio escaped. Santos, Rey was bouncing off the rope. Santos nailed a big drop kick, sending Rey down. Mysterio tried to make a babyface comeback after Escobar was sent to the outside. Mysterio then hit a second rope, or hit the second rope, and nailed Escobar with a cross body to the outside. So we go back to the ring. Mysterio nailed a very wonky-looking crossbody. Jimmy was shown backstage again, attacking people during the match. This was the whole storyline throughout the entire night. They, the bloodline, were taking out everybody, even during this match, taking out everybody because they didn't want anybody left for John Cena. They wanted John Cena to go into fast lane without a partner, and that's exactly what their mission statement was tonight. Mysterio attempted to nail a 619. Escobar dodged it. Ray found himself on the outside again. Santos nailed Ray with a dive through the ropes, knocking Mysterio down. Escobar followed up with a moonsault off the barricade before sending the match back to the inside. Escobar was starting to build some momentum. He battled Ray on the top rope. He got the upper hand. He sent Ray crashing down to the mat with a Hurin Karana. He followed up with a pinfall, only got a two count. Escobar was still on the attack. He was still on offense here. Mysterio was holding it down. And Santos, he tries to lock Ray in a gory special. Escobar tried to follow up with a diving crossbody from the top rope. Missed. Mysterio missed a big flying crossbody of his own. Escobar nailed a huge tilt-to-world backbreaker. And then into a torture rack, goes for a cover, 
only gets a two count. Escobar then tried for a powerbomb. Mysterio countered the powerbomb, managed to get a two count of his own off of a leverage pin. Mysterio attempted a top rope her and Corona, but Escobar blocked it. He tried to do an avalanche phantom driver. Mysterio blocked it and nailed a top rope head scissor takedown. And that was beautiful by Rey Mysterio. So Rey Mysterio now looking to end the match. He attempted to hit the 619. Escobar caught him on the ropes. Mysterio escaped, sent Escobar back into the ropes with a head scissors, successfully hit the 619. He goes to the top rope. He hits the splash. But he, well, he tried to hit the splash, but he missed. Escobar sat up. Escobar attempted a, a cocky cover. I don't know what the fuck it was. But he paid the price here as Mysterio gained a victory off of a backslide and got the leverage pin. One, two, three. That was it. Escobar picked Mysterio up. And actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I thought it was the backslide. No, we, we didn't get the backslide ending. Uh, Mysterio actually attempted to uh, nail uh, uh, Santos with something. Ray countered Phantom Driver. And Mysterio rolled him up off the Phantom Driver. I'm sorry. That was not the case. It was not off the... Because I remember during the match, Santos gave him some silly-looking back elbow as he sat up off the big splash. I don't know what that was. I don't know why that was put into the match. It looked like a very lackadaisical cover. I don't know why at that point in the match you're going to make a lackadaisical cover, but Santos tried to go for the Phantom Driver, and then Mysterio countered that into a victory roll or a small package, and that was basically it. One, two, three, and Santos gets the loss. Mysterio retains the championship. And after the match, Escobar obviously frustrated. This is where it got interesting. Escobar frustrated. Vega's on the outside concerned. And Mysterio was celebrating with the championship. Now, Santos, I believe he wanted to do something in this moment. Mysterio wanted to embrace him. He wanted to shake his hand or give him a hug. Escobar did not reach for a handshake. Escobar did not reach for a hug. And at the end of all this, we were left hanging. How does Santos truly feel? He lost the match. What does Santos think? And what's going through Santos's mind? So at the end of all this, the Street Profits come out and attack both Ray and Santos Escobar. They're in there beating both of these guys down. And they are trying to show Bobby Lashley what exactly they are made of. In the background... You saw Dragon Lee trying to jump over the barricade and get into the ring to save Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio. He was being stopped by security. I don't know how many of you guys picked up on that. Dragon Lee tried to jump the barricade and try to help the LWO. Bobby Lashley's music hit. Kind of silly for his music to hit. This is why WWE, I find WWE to be overproduced, you know, way too much. Like, why does Bobby Lashley need to have his theme music? go off if he's coming down to embrace the Street Profits. He should just walk. Everybody knows who he is. Play it on the fucking screen. We all know what Bobby Lashley looks like. His theme music goes off for a second time tonight in the last half an hour. He walks down the aisle and he embraces the Street Profits. Finally. Finally, they get with the program. Finally, they did what Bobby Lashley wanted them to do last week. They lost last week when Bobby Lashley gave them a victory, basically hand-wrapped it himself and gave them a victory. They didn't capitalize. So this week, they beat the shit out of both Santos and Rey Mysterio, 
And now Bobby Lashley is pleased by their work. Very simple. Very simple, very effective. The Shrew Prophets now have turned heel. They attacked Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar, the babyfaces in the LWO, and now we are off and running. Now we'll see what they're truly made of and how the fans really react to a heel Montez and a heel Angelo Dawkins. Should be fun. Backstage, Caleb Braxton was with Mysterio and Santos Escobar. Mysterio told Braxton that he was challenging Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Him and Santos were challenging the new Hurt Business at Fastlane. He didn't mention who his third partner would be. He didn't mention who the third member of the LWO would be. Now, it's Ray and Santos. We have a tag team in the LWO known as Legado del Fantasma, Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro. It's not going to be Santos, Joaquin Wilde, and Cruz del Toro against Bobby Lashley, Montez Ford, and Angelo Dawkins. It's not going to be Ray... Santos and one of those other guys. That doesn't really make any sense. WWE's going to want to load up on star power for Fastlane. We're going to get Rey Mysterio. We're going to get Santos Escobar. And we're going to get Dragon Lee making his WWE premium live event debut next weekend with the LWO against Bobby Lashley, Montez Ford, and Angelo Dawkins. Sounds like a banger to me. Sounds like a banger to me. Welcome to the main roster, Dragon Lee. It's a great way to introduce him. How he's going to fit into the LWO, how he's going to fit into the Santos and Rey Mysterio thing. I don't know, man. It's very interesting. I could see this playing out very simple and very straightforward. Dragon Lee is welcomed into the family by Rey Mysterio. Dragon Lee may be the catalyst for Santos Escobar to develop some jealousy here. Santos Escobar was always looked at as the protege to Rey Mysterio. How is it going to look to Santos Escobar if Rey Mysterio brings in someone who is of equal value and possibly greater in Lucha Libre than Santos Escobar is? Santos doesn't wear a mask. Santos is Santos. Santos tried to recreate Lucha Libre in his own image. Rey Mysterio is going to look at Dragon Lee and look at the similarities that Dragon Lee possesses to a younger Rey Mysterio. He's got the mask. He's got the Lucha Libre background. He's got the fucking flashy moves. He's going to be the successor to Rey Mysterio. And Santos Escobar is now in the background. Santos Escobar starts to delve jealousy. Santos Escobar has got legato by his side. They're going to follow him no matter what happens. Santos Escobar is going to turn on Rey Mysterio, and Santos Escobar is going to turn heel because the LWO welcomes Dragon Lee into the LWO. It's great. Absolutely great. How do we get Legato and Rey Mysterio to WrestleMania? I don't know, man. We got Rey Mysterio. We got Dragon Lee. There's somebody... There's somebody that WWE hired, right? He was with the LWO in Puerto Rico at Backlash. Where is Carlito? We could realistically see after all of this, Rey Mysterio, Carlito, and Dragon Lee 
versus Santos Escobar and the rest of Legado del Fantasma. I don't know, man. I don't know. Should I be on the WWE writing team? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Simple is best. That's the way I see it playing out. Going to be great. Michael Cole. They played video highlights highlighting the debut in WWE of Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill is on her way to WWE, and everybody's talking about it, man. Everybody is talking about it. I already can't fucking stand it. It's already nauseating to fucking 110%. She hasn't even stepped foot in the WWE yet, and I'm already fucking tired of the Jay Cargill hype. Like, what are we hyping? I hope to God she gets with the program at the Performance Center. I hope to God that she is on her way to becoming a better pro wrestler now than she was in AEW. Where's she going? She's probably going to SmackDown. Whatever brand Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair are on, that's where Jade Cargill will be. There's a reason why they played this on SmackDown and not on any other show this week. Moving on. Charlotte Flair. Speaking of Charlotte Flair. She made her way to the ring. And we are getting Charlotte Flair versus Bayley women's action tonight on SmackDown. Before that, we got a backstage segment where John Cena was arriving at the venue. And he had a contract in his hand and he did not look very happy. Then we get a video package of Pretty Deadly. And they are comically playing off of Elton Prince's injury and showcasing a comeback story including Elton Prince practicing chair shots from his wheelchair and heroically standing out of the wheelchair, showing everybody that he's now 100%, but the shoulder was his injury, not anything on his lower extremities. I still don't get pretty dead. Pretty deadly, I'm sorry. Pretty deadly. I I don't get them. I don't find them funny. I don't find them entertaining. I, I just don't get it. But here we are. Here we are. Charlotte Flair. She went one-on-one with Bailey. Didn't really care about this. Didn't really care about this at all. Charlotte Flair, before the match took place, she had a microphone and she said to Bailey, what happened to her? You were once a part of the four horsewomen. Flair then stated after she beats Bailey tonight in her hometown, she will be challenging EO Sky for the WWE Women's Championship at Fastlane. Nobody asks for that. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody cares to see Charlotte Flair go for number, what is it, 16, 15? Which is it? Bell rang. Both women slow to play it out of the gate. Flair went to the outside. Bailey flew off the the, uh, ring apron with a diving elbow, sending Flair down 
to the outside. We go to commercial break. Flair was on the top rope. We get back from commercial break. Managed to land a big cross body on Bailey. Look good. Look good. The moonsault doesn't look good. Everything else she does off the top rope looks fine. So she hit the cross body on Bailey. Gained control. Flair followed up with a fallaway slam. And she was looking to take Bailey's legs out to set up for the figure eight. Bailey started to make a comeback. That wouldn't last long at all. Bailey was fired up, but she wasn't focused. And Flair managed to nail a spear out of nowhere. And that was basically it. Out of nowhere, Flair nailed the spear one, two, three, and she beats Bailey in the ring. And like, oh God. Thinking to myself, we got Charlotte Flair versus EO Sky at the pay-per-view now. Oh, my goodness. Goodbye, EO. And that championship. So, after the match, Bailey grabbed a microphone. Shut the music off, you idiots. And stated that it was her goal tonight to destroy Charlotte Flair. Damage control looked like they were about to basically back Bailey up here and destroying Charlotte Flair. Asuka comes out, and she runs to the ring. She cuts a promo in Japanese. Nobody understands what she's saying. And Bailey, this was funny. Bailey answered Asuka as if she understood what she said in Japanese. So she said, Oh, you want EO in a triple threat match at Fastlane with Charlotte for the Women's Championship? You know what? You got it. You got it. EO looks over at Bailey and says, She didn't say any of that. What are you talking about? She didn't say that. Oscar talking Japanese, Bailey thinking she understands what Oscar said, and then reiterates it and gives us a triple threat match. EO Japanese, who understood what Oscar said, says to Bailey, she didn't say that. Why do I have to go into a triple threat match now? I thought that was comical. I thought that was funny. Hey, listen, somebody's got to take the pin, right? Charlotte, EO, and Asuka should be a great match, but how many triple threat matches are we going to get away with, man? It's like WWE books themselves into a corner. They can't have EO lose so quickly. They can't have her drop the title so soon. They don't want to beat Charlotte Flair, and they're going to continue putting women in there that are going to basically eat the pin from all of the other women that WWE sees to be a priority. Not a good look, man. Not a good look. Bailey is 1% Japanese. Is she really? I don't know. Backstage, John Cena was with the Fastlane contract on his way to the ring. John Cena was not very happy at all. Not very happy at all. Judgment Day was announced on SmackDown next week. Dragon Lee going one-on-one with Austin Theory. Next week on SmackDown as well. There you go. Get ready for the Dragon Lee main roster run. A lot of Dragon Lee as of late, man. He is absolutely getting called up to the main roster. I just wish that they put an explanation behind it because he is still with NXT. John Cena. He made his way out to the ring with a contract in his hand. They showed a graphic advertising Cena versus Jimmy and Solo in a handicap match at Fastlane. Cena says they left him with the contract in the folder in which he was holding. He says he doesn't have a partner, so tonight it is very important. 
is that he could rip up the contract and pretend that none of this happened, or he could stand and fight. He brought up that he wears the words, never give up, over his head. So he's there to say he will honor the contract. He says if he doesn't find a partner at Fastlane, he will fight the bloodline all by himself. Jimmy, Paul Heyman, and Solo Sokoa walk out. Jimmy's got a microphone and said Cena finally decided to show up. And while he was on his way, they sent messages to everyone backstage. Jimmy got on the ring apron and told Cena he's not making it to Fastlane. Cena charged at Jimmy, knocked him down. Solo and Cena stared at each other. Cena took off his shirt and said, come on, big boy. Come on. Solo charged in. Cena was setting up an attitude adjustment as he caught Solo charging in. Jimmy then super kicked him in the face, knocked him down. He retreats to the corner. Does John Cena. They started double teaming John Cena. They put Cena on the announce desk. And all of a sudden, L.A. Knight ran out for the save. The fans fucking popped. Big for L.A. Knight. He ran down. He went right after Jimmy and Solo. He slammed both of them down. He played up to the crowd. He hit his signature elbow. L.A. Knight. Yeah! It's the big elbow. Cena recovered and tossed Solo out of the ring. Cena and Knight were alone in the ring. They looked at each other. Fans chanted L.A. Knight. He picks up the contract. He signs the contract. He hands it to John Cena. And Cena acted shocked, but pleased that now he has backup in L.A. Knight. And that's the way SmackDown went off the air. Again, simple but effective, man. They didn't do anything outlandish. They didn't do anything too much or over the top. It was basic, straightforward storytelling here, man. And you all knew where it was going to go. There's no surprises here. AJ Styles was taken out. They made a point to mention that AJ Styles tonight was in the hospital. Everything you saw tonight was supposed to happen last week, but they did not do it. Things got pushed back. But the thing with SmackDown is they're in no rush to tell any stories. There really isn't any substantial stories, man. It's all very straightforward. It's all very predictable. You see where it's going. So they are at a, they're in a fortunate situation where they can have a, a, a week where something like that happens. And LA Knight gets ill and has COVID and misses a week, comes back. They could redo the same thing that they were supposed to do last week, this week, and they're not going to miss a beat. It's exactly what they did. It was simple. It was straightforward. It was, it was a feel-good moment. It's great to see LA Knight in that spot. It's great to see him in the ring against the bloodline, against John Cena, or with John Cena, L.A. Knight teaming with John Cena is a big role. They could have given that to anybody. They gave that to L.A. Knight. So for all the people, man, you know, who once stated that L.A. Knight was going to get buried, you know, I was one of them because I was worried about WWE creative. There's no way that we should ever trust WWE creative. But apparently with all the rumors that L.A. Knight signed the new deal or was ready to sign a new deal, They gave him more money. They were waiting for that to happen, to lock him in so that they can push him because they didn't want to push him too much. And then he ends up fucking leaving. He signed. They got him in there with John Cena against the bloodline. And he is the biggest baby face on Friday night. There's nobody nobody even close. He may be the biggest baby face in all WWE, honestly. He, He may be more over than Cody. I would actually put money on that. So we got this matchup at Fastlane, the bloodline, Jimmy. And Solo versus John Cena and L.A. Knight. Should be, it should be fun. Should be a fun match. I thought what they did was very effective tonight. The thing is, 
when Roman Reigns gets back to television, who's Roman Reigns going to defend that title against at Crown Jewel? Since some people in the chat saying it's going to be LA Knight. It should not be LA Knight. Will it be LA Knight? Probably. I don't want it to be LA Knight, but I think LA Knight should be used elsewhere. I really do. I would go with AJ Styles. It's the safest bet. John Cena, Roman Reigns, doesn't really interest me. They didn't really do much to really build on that the first time it happened. I don't really care for it, though it does make a Saudi show a little bit more intriguing because that's the type of shit that they want over there. LA Knight's very much over. Do they do LA Knight versus Roman Reigns? I don't think that's the way to go because you can't stifle the man's momentum. He loses to Roman Reigns, what happens? You're going to fuck with that and then fuck up his momentum. He should not be losing to somebody like Roman Reigns. He should be built to a point where he could be looked at as an equal to Roman Reigns. AJ Styles is the safest bet. AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Sounds like a good idea to me. We haven't seen that in a while. And that's been a name that's been on lists of possible opponents for Roman Reigns. So why not do it? An innocent show like Crown Jewel. Who gives a shit? Those are my thoughts on SmackDown. A very ho-hum show, very straightforward show. Not that it was terrible by any means, but there's just no excitement in anything that they got going on here. Very, very, very straightforward and just lacking in certain areas, man. Monday Night Raw has been producing better shows. More exciting shows. Which is unbelievable to me that I'm even saying that. But it's the truth. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me tonight on Friday night. This is your SmackDown post-show for September 29th, 2023. We're about to get into the Super Chats tonight. You guys have been absolutely incredible with the Super Chats. Really, really appreciate you guys and the love You've shown me tonight and the energy that we've seen in the venue tonight. Tonight, sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys sign up. Get your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Like I told you guys before, man, the summer is over. We're getting into the colder seasons. That doesn't mean it's got to be cold in the bedroom. Blue Chew is going to give you that confidence that you need to keep it summer all winter long in the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable tablets and it comes at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, plan ahead. Be ready when the opportunity arises and the process is very simple, guys. You're going to sign up at BlueChew.com. You're going to sign up, consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. No questions asked. Best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. And BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to you in a very discreet package. I always say, man, Blue Chew is your way to long-term booking. Blue Chew is your way to long-term booking, man. You want to make a great first impression? That's what you got to do. All you need to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Use that code JD at checkout. Receive your first month free. BlueChew.com. I want to thank them for always being a great friend and sponsor of the podcast right here on OTS. 
Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. JD, imagine Mustafa Ali versus Speedball Mike Bailey. That would be a banger, Joseph. I like where you're going with that one. Maybe Jesse will be seeing that on Thursday nights. Michelle with a $2 super chat. What if we get Roman versus Jimmy at Crown Jewel? That's also a possibility. That is also a possibility, no doubt about it. Beyond the scripts. He's got a $10 super chat. This is my guy, Beyond the Script. AJD, if you could share this, it would mean the world. Trying to help my girlfriend get back to school. Started a GoFundMe. Sent you the link on Twitter. Any help would be greatly appreciated. You know what, Beyond the Script? Being that I'm live right now, I'm going to take your link and I'm going to put it in the live stream chat. And if anybody here wants to help my guy out, you can go and help him out. There you go. Hey, JD, thank you so much. Uh, if you could share this with me in the world, trying to help my girlfriend get back to school, started GoFundMe, sent you a link on Twitter. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Uh, go check it out, guys. Read his story. If you guys want to donate to him, that's on you. Thank you, buddy. Gregory Benson with a 1999 Super Chat. I would love to see Sammy Callahan in AEW. I think he'll fit in like a glove if you put him with the Blackpool Combat Club. Imagine the opportunities for him. Matches with Omega, MJF, Adam Page. Sign me up. I love Sammy, bro. Sammy is so good. Cameron Battle with a 499. I would love to see what Bailey can do outside of WWE with Mercedes. Also, are you going to get back into streaming games again? It depends, man. I've been kind of uh, video gamed out, man. I haven't even, I haven't even played Destiny in 2 weeks. Just kind of just kind of burnt out, you know? I focused a lot more of my energy on the channel. I'll get back into it, though. I don't know, man. I'll get back into it. Seanster with a $5 super chat. I can't even enjoy LA Night anymore without thinking about Bray. That's on you, brother. You got to get over it, man. Life will move on and get better, man. Vinny with a $4.99. Night should have been losing and... Going against Ro- shouldn't be losing, and going against Roman is stupid. Another guy who is over as hell just to feed to Roman and this 20 year reign. I don't like it. I don't like it. Lauren with a $5 super chat. New LA Knight was seen as partner for Fast Lane. People shouldn't be too shocked. Just imagine if Wharton would have been the surprise. Bloodline did take him out. Yeah. Could have been Orton. But they're saving Orton for uh, a bigger moment, I think. Jonathan Charles with a 199. Thoughts on the rapper Eminem? Eminem is a talented motherfucker, man. Eminem may be the greatest rapper of our generation. 
Jason Barker with a $5 super chat. How's it going, bro? Chachos. Jason, what is going on, my brother? Lauren with a two. This SmackDown was awful. Too predictable. I wouldn't use awful. Awful is a very strong word. I wouldn't say awful. I would say decent. Tony Brown with a 199. Watching these ladies didn't make me rock hard, JD. Whoa. We got to cut Tony Brown off, bro. Love you, Tony Brown. Thank you for the $2, man. Lauren with a two. Edge could be AW bound this week. Indeed. Indeed. Jason Barker with a $100 super chat and Thomas Franco with a $100 super chat along with Wallach Wall with a $100 super chat. Gentlemen, thank you very much, man. You guys set the tone this evening for the show. I really appreciate you guys. Solo Wayne with a new membership. Thank you, Solo Wayne. Welcome to the OTS venue. Solo Wayne, what the fuck are you drinking, Solo Wayne? Angel Alago with 17 months. JD, as always, love your streams, especially Tuesday night with Andrew. Also, ignore the haters who wish they knew half of what you know about wrestling. Angel, I appreciate you, brother. Fuck them all, man. TK announced Christian versus Darby is main eventing Wrestle Dream. Is that true? Christian versus Darby is main eventing Wrestle Dream. I mean, why don't you just tell me that Adam Copeland's going to be there? Oh, my goodness. Is that real? Is that legit? Beast, is that legit? Why did you retract your message, bro? Yes? Oh, my goodness. Grand Base Lord. Final Super Chat. I love the channel, JD. First Super Chat. If Edge goes to AEW with an Alter Bridge theme, but not Metalingus, what would you pick? I say poison in your veins. Man, that's a very, very tough question, man. That is a very, very tough question. I would actually say the first track off of Pawns and Kings, man. This is war. That's what I'd go with. It's just a fucking banger of a song, man. Very, very heavy, very straightforward. Miles and the chorus in that song. Even the fucking, even the rhythm section, man. So fucking good. But I'll tell you what, man. Whatever it is, you know, hopefully it is an Alter Bridge song because it just sticks with the Edge theme. And B, I can't see... I can't see Tony not paying for Metalingus. I mean, it's just so synonymous with who he is. It's basically a part of his of his being. 
Really? Why would he use Rob Zombie? Why would he use Rob Zombie? Over Alter Bridge? No. No. Angel, thank you for the 125, brother. You know, I'm gonna look up my Spotify, man. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see what potentially we could use, man. That is a very good question, Grand Base Lord. That, that is a, a first super chat. That's one hell of a fucking question, bro. And you're talking to a, a huge fucking Alter Bridge guy. Let me see. So many fucking songs. Nothing off Walk the Sky, I'll tell you that right now. Even though Walk the Sky was an okay album. Take the Crown's a great, a great song. Native Sun's a great song. Forever Falling is my favorite off the album. I love that fucking song. Um, nothing off that one. Obviously, we got Metalingus. It's probably the only one that makes sense on One Day Remains. Pawns and Kings, I could see this is war. I could see... It's probably the only one on that album I could see. Fortress. Fortress may be their best album. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, there's just, there's just nothing there that's like going to be synonymous with the Edge, I don't think. Or, or Fortress. Cry Me a River, Farther Than the Sun. Two great songs, but no. Um, Cry of Achilles is fucking amazing. Fortress is amazing. It's probably my favorite song off the album. Nothing off that album either. The Last Hero. I'd say The Other Side, but that's taken. Uh, Poison in Your Veins is a great song. Nothing off the Island of Fools, the last hero. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I said. This is war, or, or you just use Metalingus, honestly. I mean, nothing's really nothing's really uh going to stick out there. Honestly, isolation's a great song. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. Basically, what Tony Khan is saying is uh Edge is coming, Adam Copeland's coming. Uh, Angel, thank you so much for the 125, brother. Really appreciate you in the chat this evening. Sarit Mohanty for the six months. How about Dragon versus Gunther at Survivor Series? 30 to 60 minute Iron Man match. Gable already had his chance multiple times. No. No. We're going to go Gable. Ilya Dragunov is on NXT. Also, Sarit Mohandi, you should review NXT No Mercy tomorrow. Review can be balanced out for AEW Wrestle Dream on Sunday. At least Dragonov vs. Carmelo review should be done as it may prove to be match of the year candidate. Uh, I don't know yet, man. I'm going to let the uh, geeks on social media decide for me. I don't know yet. Golden Boy with a 10. JD Thoughts, if Cole is legit hurt, he gets well first. He, he should get well first off, number one. But what if it's him in the mask? The four guys in the back of the kingdom, Roddy and Kyle O'Reilly returning, could, could keep Cole masked until he heals. 
Sure. I'm going with Adam Cole not being injured. Four months is a long time to keep this storyline going for, what is that, 4, 8, 12, 16, almost 20 weeks. No. Justin with a 199 super chat. Thank you, Justin. Really appreciate you, brother. World Series prediction, Atlanta versus Orioles. Thoughts? I hear that a lot, man. I heard that a lot this week. I heard that a lot this week. I don't know why everybody's predicting Baltimore. D. Guggs with a 499. Thanks for going live tonight, JD. Love your dedication. Yeah. Thank you, D. Guggs. And Jose Perez with a 199. What's up, JD? Once Jade is ready, who she who will she face first? They'll probably they'll probably feed fucking Natalia to her like they usually do. You know they're gonna give Jade like a fucking two-minute squash. Big boot, clothesline. Jaded. That's it. Yeah, some work in the fucking performance center. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. Thank you for hanging out with me tonight. Thank you for the love tonight. Thank you for the energy. You have ended September, man, with a bang. We're not done yet. We got tomorrow. Willie T with a five. Ric Flair said that Lex Luger should be in the Hall of Fame. He should. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Anyway, guys, thank you for the support. Go subscribe to my second channel, man. Link is down below in the description. I have a new video. If you guys are into the Pokemon thing, man, I'm getting big into the Pokemon packs, the Pokemon cards, opening them up. I uploaded a 30-minute video for you guys for tomorrow, man. Some fun shit, man. Some really fun shit. If you want to check that out, it'll be live tomorrow. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. You will see me live tomorrow with something, whether it's No Mercy or Collision, man. We will be live for sure. I think Jesse's going to be with me either both shows or one of the shows, man. I'll figure it out. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Go check out all the other content on the channel and go hit up my sponsor for tonight's show, man, Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout for your free sample. $5 shipping and handling is all you got to worry about. Guys, thank you for a great night. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Find the Real by Alter Bridge is pretty underrated. No, it's not. It's a great fucking song. They play it, to- they play it live every time I go see them, man. Love it. Edge is coming. Edge is coming. What's his theme going to be? We'll figure it out on Sunday, man. Thank you guys so very much, and I'll see you guys tomorrow night right back here in the venue on OTS. I'll see you guys later.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.